Hi, I'm Therese Couture, and welcome to the Embodied Black Girl podcast, a podcast about decolonizing our imagination, healing intergenerationally, and birthing revolutionary work and worlds. Welcome back, beloved. And if you're here for the first time listening to the podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited to continue our Diaspora Day series with you today. And if you're wondering what Diaspora Day is, it was a full day gathering that we held to celebrate the brilliance and the beauty of the African diaspora, bringing a series of workshops, experiences, circles, and it was absolutely amazing. And I was like, we have to share tidbits of this on the podcast. So today we are sharing the last of this this particular series, um, simply because the other um, two workshops are experiential um, and involve music and dancing. So it doesn't really work for in the context of a podcast, but they are amazing as well. And today I'm excited to share the workshop by the brilliant Fiona Compton, who is the founder of Know Your Caribbean. And she led us through this amazing workshop that was really a reclamation of Caribbean African history. Um, So what you're going to hear today is all about the liberatory revolutionary roots of rum and in the workshop, she goes way deeper. She talks about um, plantain. She talks about other medicinal herbs and foods and poisons and also carnival. It was absolutely brilliant and everyone loved it. And that workshop is a full 90 minute workshop and you're going to get a taste of it today. I'm so excited. If you're interested in this workshop and the entire Diaspora Day collection, which is still available at the time of this recording, um, depending on when you're listening to it, it may not be available, but right now it's available. You can head over to diasporaday.com and you will find all the details on how to get access to that. And at the same time, you're going to be supporting our work So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm so glad that you're here too, Fiona. Thank you, Natalie, um, for for saying that. I was like, oh, because I was in the breakout room, but this is the We're in Caribbean time, right? (laughs) This is the time we're on. It's on Caribbean time, Caribbean flow. (laughs) <laughs> and so just embracing that um, bio earlier was just talking about the trickster and like, and the trickster throws us off and it's, it's magic. So I just want to say thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Fiona, for being here. And I am so grateful for your presence. And for folks who don't know, literally what happened was that I had a dream. <laughs> literally an, an actual dream and um and I knew that 
Fiona, I saw Fiona in the dream, was supposed to be part of this. So this is divinely orchestrated by the ancestors, by spirit, by God. And I'm so grateful to Fiona for saying yes, for like, you know, just saying yes and being here and sharing. Um, it's really a reclamation of our history, our heritage, our culture um, here with us today. But if you don't know Fiona, I do want to share a little bit more. Um, about her. So Fiona Compton is a London-based, although right now <laughs> Fiona's in St. Lucia's at home, is a London-based St. Lucian photographer, artist, public speaker, filmmaker, and historian. Fiona has been working as a professional photographer with the UK's largest publishing houses, traveling across Europe, to photograph some of the most influential figures in the world of finance and banking. Fiona continues her mission to educate in innovative ways through events and online through her account, Know Your Caribbean via Instagram, which facilitates educational posts on short palatable bursts. Um, know Your Caribbean has a reach of up to 3 million impressions per month via Instagram alone with a growing Twitter and Facebook presence. Fiona has produced creative workshops for children and young people teaching the history and culture of the Caribbean and its linkages to Africa in venues such as South Bank Center and the Black Cultural Archives in London. Clients have included Amazon Meta, um, Samsung and Sony Music, much of her work surrounds self-empowerment, um, self identity, and challenging representation, which has led her work to be part of several public speaking engagements, both locally and internationally. So officially, welcome, Fiona. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you Thank for sharing you. your brilliance with us. Well, for one, you should have told me the dream thing from, from the, that should have been the introduction in your email. You said, I had a dream and you were in it because <laughs> I'm a, I'm a strong believer in that. Um, I was just sharing with um, my manager, Jadine, about the dream I had last night. And I first thing in the morning, I'm like, by the way, I dreamt this year and I, I just went to affirm that dream. So I, I am a very, very strong believer. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm very excited to to get rolling. So should I should I start now? Yeah. Yeah, I will hand it over to you. Thank okay. you. Thank you so much. Um, like I said, we're gonna our session is time that's 90 minutes. Um, but like I said, there's gonna be a break in between and we are covering so many things. So I'm going to dive right in. I would say get your notebooks, notepads open up notes in your phone whatever and um welcome i think okay i'm just asking me technical things about breakout rooms i don't think so welcome you guys um like tara has mentioned i am the founder of new caribbean my name is fiona i'm currently in st lucia right now and so we are going to be doing a workshop called a few of our favorite things and the reason why I called it that is I wanted to speak about so many things that we engage with on a day-to-day -day basis, so many things that we love so much, and its roots in resistance, resilience, tradition, um, and just so many things. So I put together a bit of an agenda to help you guys um, 
sorry, there's some birds fighting next to me and they're being very loud. I hope, I hope you can't hear them. But um, so I'm going to show you guys the agenda. So our agenda is we're going to talk about rum, planting, cassava, natural medicine, a little poison because we all love to hear about, you know, rebelling against massa. And then we're going to have a five minute break. And then in part two, we're going to talk about the drum, jab, jab, carnival, and a whole bunch of other things I've decided to throw in. Um, because like I, I mentioned earlier, I was trying to decide what to talk about. And I said, I'm just going to talk about everything. So I'm going to do my very best to condense it all. So a little bit about myself. I, I started New York Caribbean in 2017. Um, before that, I was a photographer. I also paint as well. And when I was um, doing my photography uh, degree in university, it was um, very white, very, very Eurocentric. And I left that degree course very annoyed and frustrated. And I said, I want to dedicate my practice to my people. And so I did that a lot in my photographic practice and so on. Um, I'm also a carnival ambassador. I started learning how to stilt walk because I really wanted to be um, very heavily involved in the traditions of carnival, which is something I'll be going into later on in our um, in the presentation. So I wanted to just really kind of uplift these traditions as well. And I said, if I'm going to walk the walk, or if I'm going to talk talk, I literally have to walk the walk, right? Um, so in my photographic practice, I started to challenge um, some of the most famous examples of iconic European or white imagery and create Caribbean versions. So these are some of the examples of my work. I wanted, as I said, here, I wanted to see us in loving circumstances that love and joy was not exclusive for white spaces. So I wanted to just celebrate us. And I wanted to tell our stories in different ways. I felt like, why are our stories not being upheld in the greatest, most magical of spaces. And if they won't, well, then I'm going to create my own version of that. And, you know, whilst I was going through that process, as a lot of our mothers are, are not very tech savvy, mothers or grandmothers. And years ago, my, my mom got into eBay and she's like, oh, can you help me bid on these postcards or something? Like, what postcard are you talking about? And so she'd be calling me frantic. Oh, Fiona, can you bid on this thing? I'm like, what thing is this? And I'm rushing to try and bid on this thing for her. And then it used to be these old postcards. And then I, on photographs, and I started to look at them closely and say, wow, I've never seen us like this. I had never seen old photographs of us from over 100 years ago. I never, you'd hear about the traditions, but I never saw them in full. And I started to become fascinated with these photographs. I was like, wow, so this is what we look like in like 1895. You know, it feels so far away, but then seeing the photograph, I felt instantly connected because I saw like, for example, this woman here from Guadeloupe, she's wearing the traditional Wobdwiet, which is something I grew up wearing as a child. And she's wearing the same hanging grape earrings that I grew up wearing. I was like, wow, this woman is me. I am this woman. And I, I felt totally connected to that. So I started to share the things on Instagram, like, hey, look at this. And then I felt like I wanted to tell more things in detail. Um, started to look at the people, their faces, what could I find out about them? And that's where the, my fascination came. So I did not study history in school. I dropped history in secondary school. Actually, I hated it. 
And I think it's not, it's not the stories. It's not that we don't care about our history. I think it's about how in which we tell the stories. And it just became a incessant, insatiable fascination of mine ever since. And I would just continue to look and look and look and ask questions and ask questions and have a very childlike curiosity. Um, I wanted to zoom in. So I'd find like maybe a picture with this, with this hut, right? And I want to zoom in and look at their faces and count how many children and contextualize it in my head and kind of think, what was it like to live in this way? And these are places that I come from. This I come from these people. So this is how I started Know Your Caribbean, kind of looking at the human side of our history. Nobody give a damn about, oh, 1764, this, no, I want to know about this woman, Marianne, who went down so, and she did this and did this, and she said that, and this amazing thing happened. And I feel it's connecting to the human side. And that's how Noe Caribbean started. I think the frustration of, of not hearing enough about our stories or, or not knowing enough, or right, that I grew up in St. Lucia, but I don't know nothing about Nevis, or I don't know enough about um, St. Eustatius, or, you know, and like, why do I know more about Europe and the USA than I know about my own Caribbean neighbors. And that's how I started to tell stories. So that's kind of my life journey in a nutshell, right? But um, in the beginning, in the early days of, of telling my stories, I started telling, showing images like what you saw, what you see on the black and white image on the right-hand side. And this is a story about, um, an enslaved man from Antigua called Prince Class or Akwamu was his um, Ghanaian name. And he was the leader of this rebellion in, in Antigua. But when you look him up, the focus is on how he was so brutally executed. So I'll say, oh my God, look at this horrible thing. But when I started to go deeper into his story, sometimes you'd find, a lot of times people ask me, you know, where do you find all these stories? There is no one place. It's like a million places, and it's in places that you'd never think to look. So a Kwamu story, what I, I found that was so illuminating for me was I found it in the Pennsylvania Gazette. Why is it in the Pennsylvania Gazette? I don't know, but it's there. And it talks about the story about a Kwamu, basically, long story short. His plan was they're going to have this governor's ball. All of the white people in Antigua were going to gather in the governor's house. And they're going to get some gunpowder and blow them all up. That was his plan, right? And, but before he did that, but then basically the plan was exposed and then he was executed. But before he did that, he went and he stood up in front of the plantation house and did this um, Ghanaian war dance, right? And they had drums and they, they used um, feathers and he had a lance and he had, it was very elaborate, Right. And a lot of the enslaved people who were born in Antigua didn't know what he was doing. But a lot of the enslaved who were from Ghana as well knew exactly what he was doing. So he did this beautiful declaration of war in front of this plantation house. And I, I started to imagine like how audacious that would have been. So I started to think about how I'm telling my stories. OK, yes, the execution did happen and he was killed in such a horrible way. But can can I also look at this beautiful, powerful act of audacious bravery that he did. And it is in the Pennsylvania Gazette that I found that he had this um, 
royal habit and this umbrella. And like I said, they're beating the drums and it's a specific beat. And then they did, um, they took an oath drink using a rum and gunpowder and um, cock's blood and mixing it. So there was an oath amongst his people as this declaration of war. And I'm like, wow, how, how did I not grow up knowing the details of this story? And this is what really pushes me to continue with, um, with New York Caribbean. So where is the next one? So we're going to talk about rum a little bit. And with rum, it's uh, uh, many people know that rum, the beginnings of rum started in Barbados. And say people uh, developed the concept of distilling rum um, in early distilleries in Barbados, because Barbados was, was the first proper sugar colony in the West. Anyways, it's looking at, and feel free to take screenshots of little bits and stuff here because there's quite a lot of reading to do here but it's looking at how and say people use rum in as an escape from the physical and spiritual realm realm so living life as an enslaved person in their spiritual practices the use of rum in order to transcend themselves out of this space right so it helps them to temporarily transcend from the physical bonds of slavery, which elevated in its symbolic value when looking at resistance and religion. So rum is something that is very integral in our society. It's not as just carnival and drinking rum and getting nice. And we have so many songs talking about that, but looking at how it was used in acts of resistance. The next slide. So in, when, I was, when I looked at some of my research in the many, and when I say many, because there was many, um, revolts of enslaved people in the Caribbean, rum was something that was used quite a lot. And it was used as a kind of precursor in their oath drinks. So the leaders would gather together and they'd use it um, to create oath drinks that they pass around. Everyone had to um, drink to be part of, to show their solidarity. And then you'd find, for example, with the, the rebellion with the Jamaica Maroons, um, in 1795, it's in one of the, the documentations, it says they returned to their town to recruit their spirits by the aid of rum. So in order to, to bring themselves up into that spiritual high, in order to continue rebelling against colonialism, they use rum as an aid. Um, so like I mentioned, rum-based rum oath drinks were an important part. So I found, so for example, in the same... Um, Rebellion happened in Antigua with um, Aquamu. They use rum, dirt from the graves of deceased ancestors and cock's blood um, as part of the oath drink. Then also in another a rebellion in Jamaica in 1765, they mixed rum, gunpowder, grape dirt again, and, and blood. And also in 1795 in Curacao with Tula's revolt, they had an oath drink called Agua de Juramento, which means oath drink. And they mixed um, rum and ground ox horns, and they all consumed the beverage together. So again, in Saint Croix, um, Saint Croix's uh, rebellion that happened, um, it uh, which was led by four women, by the way, one of which was 15 years old. They also had an oath drink that consisted of rum. And then even when we're looking at after slavery, now the thing is, if we contextualize things a little bit. The importation of enslaved people from Africa stopped in 1807, but slavery continued until 1838. But then we're looking at in 1865, when there was a rebellion of um, 
So this is now almost 30 years after Savior's ended in Jamaica, and you still find people in Jamaica um, mixing the rum and the gunpowder to show loyalty to the rebellions. So it's looking at how these um, African-based traditions and using rum as that, as parts of resistance, existed well after um, the end of slavery. So rum is just not a thing for you to just drink and get nice. It has a really, really strong history of resistance. So even when you're having your little rum, I think it'd be nice to just drop a little to as an offering to our ancestors who use rum in acts of resistance. Um, so we are going into planting, right? Everybody love planting. I think this is something that the diaspora loves greatly. Wasn't that so good? Ah, and it gets so much better. I'm so grateful to Fiona for sharing her brilliance with us. And again, you can head over to diasporaday.com. And if it's still available, you will have all the details on how to access this particular workshop, as well as all of the other offerings that were offered on that day. So it's diasporaday.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you have enjoyed the series, please take a moment and leave us a review of what you thought. I'd love to know. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening, beloved. I want to personally invite you to join our free podcast community over at embodiedblackgirlpodcast.com. And when you do, you'll receive a beautiful bonus, which includes one of my favorite practices all around boundaries. And if you loved this episode, it would mean so much to us if you shared it and left a review. It helps folks to find us and lets us know what's resonating with you. And of course, be sure to subscribe. Thank you to Beautiful Chorus for our gorgeous theme song. And thank you for being here. I'll talk to you soon. Ooh, listen to your own.